I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expenses, cause when is expensive. I got expenses, cause when is expensive. I've been getting all the work. And welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sells a Show for Closers here on Freight Waves TV, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday. My name is Kevin Hill. I'm your host as always. And today we're going to talk about, about financials and sales and how you can use the company's financials, especially as they're a public company and they're readily available to your advantage in your research, your pre-call research. And we'll have on Seth Holm. He's uh, the founder of Westbrow Capital Management here in a few moments to talk about earnings season. We'll talk a little bit about financial research. Um, but it's an easy thing to do. I don't think a lot of salespeople do this is to peek inside that 10K or that 10Q or, or, or that investor deck. All you have to do is search the company name, investor relations. That will get you to that page. All public companies have to have that uh, section on their website. And from there, you can look at recent news, 10Ks, right? That's the annual report, right? And it's a pretty daunting report, it's usually 150, 200 pages. It seems insurmountable, but Control Find is your friend on those. You can go in and look at risk factors. You can, you can skip all the tables and, and numbers if you want, uh, because there's a lot of juicy information usually embedded in in the writing a lot of that's boiler, boilerplate writing just hit control f on things that, that you want to, to look for and usually you can find you, you can get a really good sense and perspective of what a company is doing and i was researching around autobound.ai the sales research group it has some really good tips here about what you can find and this is what i do in, in a lot of pre-call research as well some things you can find in the 10K is new product development or expansion into new markets. So what, what is that? They're this new corporate strategies. Uh, it, it is strategies of expansion, new business, right? New distribution, new transportation, uh, things that we're currently working on, as well as shrinking, right? Or the discontinuing products. These are really good questions to know. When you're, when you're talking to, to people involved in the supply chain at, at shippers, really knowing that, kind of knowing what the strategy is, what they're communicating to the market, to their investors, to those Wall Street analysts is, is key to knowing this. Negative industry trends or competition. This is where really supply chain issues come into effect. Uh, what, are, what are competitors doing? How are they positioning themselves against uh, competitors? All things that you can put into your pitch deck whenever you're talking, into your conversation. Uh, you know, people like to talk about the business that they're in, not necessarily transportation, but the business they're in. If you can gain a lot of credibility talking about what they do on a day to day basis, what the company does on a day to day basis, then you can blend transportation into that uh, momentarily. So, also increasing expenses or operating costs. That is, this is. Not really CapEx, but CapEx goes into that. That's a really good metric to, 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 to know is, are they increasing their CapEx spending? Are they decreasing that? Where are their capital investments going into? And also, what are the new capital? What are the new initiatives, right? It kind of falls back into that new markets, new products kind of uh, space there. So, but, but where are they trying to cut their costs? Where, is, where are they working on to build a more efficient 
operational structure, maybe a more efficient sales channel and distribution structure. So those are always really good indicators of, of where a company's going, what talking points that they really want to hammer down, what they're focused in on. And then, of course, acquisitions, new companies being acquired or divestures, right? If they're divesting of companies of non-core assets, that's really good to know um, because it's going to shake out their supply chain. It's going to shake out their supply chain and their, their distribution. So those are some good tips. Um, if you want to, to learn more about using 10Ks, just hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, always, always glad to talk about that. Maybe something that I'll write about here at a future date or maybe go into to more in-depth in, in videos. But it's, it's really important to do your pre-call research. If it's a public company, it's really easy to do. It's so easy to do. I have an expert on here right now. He is a former freight waivers. Uh, we worked together here for a number of years. I came from the hedge fund industry and went back founding his own hedge fund that is focused on transportation and logistics equities. It's Mr. Seth Holmes right here. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. Anytime. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, especially when we're talking about stocks and equities and financials. And my first question for you is going to be, what's your favorite metric or favorite item whenever you open up a 10K or if you start looking at a company? What do you want to know first? Well, if it's a transportation company, <clears throat> you know, operating ratio is is always up there. OR, uh, revenue, certainly important if you don't have uh, revenue. Uh, you know, you got to keep the business growing and you look at who's less cyclical. This is an interesting time in transportation. Um, UPS just reported. I was just got off the call uh, as I got onto this one and it's down almost 10% today. Um, so I think it varies by company. Um, usually, uh, whether I'm long or short a stock, I have a couple bullet points that I care about uh, to my thesis. And usually that's something I'm looking for. So Definitely revenue, operating ratio, and then um, what people on Wall Street call KPIs, key performance indicators. So a good example of that might be for a trucking company, revenue per truck per week, uh, you know, what spot rates are doing, contract rates, that sort of thing. Fundamental drivers of business. Those are the types of things uh, I'm, I'm looking for. And so let's talk about your your hedge fund, uh, West Brow Capital Management, and kind of you, you mentioned long, short, kind of what, what you're what your investment strategy is and, and what you do. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I founded Westboro Capital about a year and a half ago. Um, we are, I, to my knowledge, we're the only long, short transportation fund uh, in the marketplace. Um, we So we invest globally. Uh, the, the only other thing I would say is we do all of the stuff that probably your audience is very focused on. So we do a lot of investing in freight transportation. So trucking, railroads, LTL, all that sort of stuff. But we also do a lot of other stuff uh, in autos and airlines and electric vehicles and and things like that. Um, so, yeah, uh, we are based here in Chattanooga. Took a lot of what I learned at, at Freight Waves and from from you and some of uh, other friends uh, and, and formed this fund. And we're, we're off to a good start. Uh, it's not the easiest time to be a transportation investor. Um, I think J.B. Hunt mentioned we're on a uh, in in the middle of a freight recession right now, and and maybe an overall economic recession as well, but uh, we're hanging in there and, and and off to a good start this year. Yeah, well, let's start with JB Hunt. Right, they're, they're usually the the bellwether, the the first to report in the space uh, each quarter, and um, 
You know, we, we saw what, what the market's been telling us uh, for the last year is it, catching up and, and we seem we are in a freight recession. We seem to still be in the freight recession, I guess, is the, the, the best way to put it. And, um, you know, uh, we, we have a few companies out so far reporting earnings and it's it's about what we expected. You know, that that 40 percent um, rise in revenue, especially for the brokerage houses uh, that we saw during the pandemic, you know, 2021. Uh, those have receded down to uh, to losses now. Yeah, I mean, with JB Hunt, I think JB Hunt's interesting. It's it's large, right? It's got a big market cap. Uh, it's it's diversified. High, it's diversified. So that's that's the other thing I was going to say. You know, you it gives you a great read on not when they report early. It gives you a read through to everybody else's business. So you know, about half of the business is intermodal, but then you've got dedicated trucking in there. You've got I, ICS, which is brokerage and then final mile and and some other things in there and so uh overall tone was weak uh you know to to state the obvious the stock hung in there which uh which i found interesting i think it's giving back a little bit here now but so i you know expectations are low i think everyone kind of knows we're in a freight recession anyone that looks at the data like us especially on the trucking side can sort of that's that's not too difficult um to tell um but you know um not a great start um, for the transportation industry in general. And then you, we followed that on with UPS today. Uh, so more weakness and it seems like, um, you know, low expectations were well-deserved, uh, at least so far. And night yeah, swift, I didn't mention night, night guided down. Yes. They had been sticking to this $4 trough earnings number and they guided that down all the way to 335. Uh, and so, yeah, there was an insurance piece in there, but, uh, when you look at it, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it later. I mean, spot rates are undeniably, you know, so low that it's hard to <laughs> to say they get much worse. But it's a big different story on on the contract side. It, it is. I mean, but uh, do you think that most logistics companies, you know, take Night Swift, JB Hunt, that they're not down that much because this is already baked into the stock price, weak earnings? I think that's part of it, and uh, I think this was sort of dispelled. Um, there's been this narrative, uh, in all the conferences I go to and listen to, uh, sort of promoted by public transportation executives, that there was going to be the back half hockey stick and the overall market believes this as well. And it was basically premised on, you know, well, retailers have been drawing down their inventories and they're going to build them back in the second half. The only problem with that, and I think Craig touched on this in this state of freight was there's actually no data or evidence to suggest anything about a second half snapback. And uh, I think J.B. Hunt spoke to that where they said, well, our, our retailer kind of shipper customers uh, were expressing optimism, but we're kind of losing a little bit of confidence uh, in that ourselves. So um, I, think, I think people are, it's a bet both on transports being early cycles. So maybe they've, they've already gone through their uh, that they led and went through their rough patch first. Maybe some people bottom fishing, saying the numbers or the guidance isn't going to get a lot of lot worse from here. And then maybe a little bit of uh, the overall market seems to believe that we're going to have a soft or uh, no landing, which which I personally don't agree with. But I think that's also probably helping uh, prop the stocks up a little bit as well. So, so when you, when they say soft or no landing, and you don't agree with that, do you agree that you don't see a recession, or you don't see a soft landing of a, of a recession? Well, you know, uh, I, I, you know, 
I'm a market person and a, and a stock person. I just look at what the stock market is saying and multiples have barely come off of the highs uh, from 2021 when we were at around 19 times earnings on the S&P 500. And you really, you look up and down the transportation space on the on the freight side and these multiples, what makes it difficult for me as an investor, the, the results are undeniably poor and getting worse uh, in most cases, but the multiples are high. Right. So generally you want to buy transports when things are ugly, then you don't think they're going to get that much more ugly, but usually that comes with a, with a better, uh, multiple. The trucking multiples are kind of interesting. They're kind of, you know, really, um, on the lower side, they're the only ones out there. And they, as, as well, um, they probably should be because contract rates, the gap between contract rates and spot rates is, I don't know, as wide as the data's ever been since Freightways is tracking it. So. If spot rates don't stabilize and or come up to meet contract, you have a you have a problem with your hands. Yeah, I think what you you're seeing and it's been a very slow, I slower than I ever expected is contract rates are coming down. And they're gonna continue to come down in the eat down, just just barely, it seems like. Uh, because that spread has been wide and it's been wide for a really long time. Um, much longer than I, I ever thought uh, it would. I, I remember the paper that you wrote when we were at Freightwaves. Uh, about, you know, because I always get calls and, and people saying, you know, like Night Swift, J.P. Hunt, they're kind of insulated, uh, especially on the stock side, because, you know, 95% of their business is contract, right? And, right. and contract is, is still really healthy. But as we know that the market uh, trades trucking companies based on spot prices and not contract market, you know, whatever the spot market's doing, uh, is it's almost identical one to one correlation to what the stock stock price is doing. That's right, and so I'm. I would say, look, I'm optimistic on trucking, particularly in 2024 on the spot rate side. And um, you guys at Freight Waves are much closer to the data. I of course track it, um, and I think we're somewhere around a dollar fifty uh, uh, on the spot rate side. Which you know you've had something like thirty or forty percent cost inflation. Um, so you're back kind of at those 2000, what, 19 lows on the spot rates, um, the national kind of line haul index and freight waves. But, um, but in the meantime, costs have gone up by 30%. So that's clearly not sustainable. And so I agree that uh, spot rates, uh, there's not a real good argument in my mind to what's going to make them V-shape rebound or take off to the upside. But I do think that they're, uh, you know, in the process of bottoming and therefore, truckload stocks look pretty good, probably heading into 2024. But it's also, you know, it, it's also hard to argue that the economy, it, this is all happening at the same time that, for example, consumer spending just turned negative for the first time in, in a couple of years on the, um, you know, the Bank of America and the Barclays and the and the city credit card data we look at. So it's good spending. I mean, I just heard it on the UPS call, uh, the exit rate. So one, you asked things I look at, um, Listening to the UPS call, uh, Carol Tomei spoke to parcel volumes. You know, January was above plan, February was in line, and March was horrible. Um, and so that's not a good sort of sequence for the industry. So I, I think trucking is in the process of bottoming. The The main issue is uh, for that FC, FMCSA data, capacity is up something like 30% over the last two or three years. Uh, and spot rates are on an inflation-adjusted basis or or you know, nearing all-time lows, at least in the Freightways data set that goes back to, what, 2017 or something. 
Yeah, they, they definitely are. And again, I don't see any data. I don't see any chatter or really any sentiment for that hockey stick uh, or, or the optimistic back half of 2023. I, I just haven't seen anything that would indicate um, that, that anything's going to change, uh, whether, you know, and it's an effect, right? It's a derivative. Trucking is a derivative of really the consumer and business health. And I don't see any any sparks of light. I was talking to Anthony Smith earlier this morning, and and he he's baking in a he's, he's not saying that there's going to be a recession in the back half of 2023, but he's he's worried about it. And um, and I, I guess it just goes back to I don't see any optimistic outlook that the spot market is going to take off, <clears throat> that the contract rates are going to stay steady. Uh, or or inflect upwards as well. I think it's going to be a, a slow grind, and we saw that in 2019 too, right? 2019 going into 2020, there was just no data points showing that the market is going to turn at all. We we got a huge surprise with the pandemic, which turned to all which ways, uh, but loose, right? Um, but that is something that no one could have predicted. Yeah, so I, I think my my overall view from an investment perspective on trucking is it's in the process of bottoming, but that doesn't mean run out and buy trucking stocks. I mean, 2024, I think, might be better and might have good returns as the expectations that we talked about in the in the back half kind of get toned down a little bit. Um, whereas, you know, on at least uh, on a relative performance basis, I do think trucking will do better than the overall market. Uh, going forward, uh, if if what I think comes to pass comes to pass, I mean, uh, the Fed uh, on May eighth, I believe it is, is going to get you know um, Fed funds rate up to five percent, so they've hiked five percent in in twelve months, which is the you know the fastest they've ever done it. And there's long and variable lags uh, to uh, interest rate policy. And I think that's just starting to show up in the data. Yeah, uh, it would go off trucking. Uh, you know, go to LTL or free brokerage. Um, you know, talk about preview for, for CH Robinson and, and comes of others and just see the, the health of the market there. What, what are you thinking? Yeah. Um, LTL's probably the best just because this, uh, it's, it's not highly fragmented like trucking. So even in a year like this, it, it might be a down earnings year or a slight down earnings year, but most of the trucking companies are talking about a 30 to 45% kind of drawdown in earnings compared to kind of 21, 22 LTL should be able to keep their earnings relatively flat and intact, uh, in 2023. And that's just because of those general rate increases they're passing through. So most of them are passing through, I don't know, mid to high single digit, uh, price increases. And so they're, they've been able to offset that volume compression. Uh, they've seen as, uh, low as, uh, I think back in December, uh, LTL tonnage was running as, you know, down double digits at, at one point, but They've been able to offset it through good cost control and passing through price increases. Um, brokers, I think brokers are a tough spot. Just secularly, the the growth story has been kind of, I don't want to call it over, but it's been challenged for years. Uh, and then from a cycle standpoint, yeah, you know, spot rates continuing to go down is good counter cyclically for their margins, but it's also really bad for their, their load volumes. And, you know, it's going to bring their contract rates down with their shipper customers. So, uh, LTL, I'm probably most favorable on, um, freight brokerage is just kind of a neutral for me. I'm not, I'm not involved. Um, CH Robinson's a little bit interesting. They've got some executive changes going on there that make it more of a sort of an idiosyncratic story relative to the rest of the brokerage 
industry. Um, you know, there's been um, speculation that they're going to hire a uh, a UP, former UPS executive, and that's kind of made the stock perform, uh, I think, better than it otherwise would have based on its uh, fundamental results. What do you think? Um, do you think Old Dominion dominates uh, earnings the, the, this quarter? You still uh, a bull on on Old Dominion? Well, they lost. They're losing their people to XPO. Um, XPO is uh, was up 30, 40, 50 percent in the last week on hiring a uh, new COO from Old Dominion. Old Dominion's going to always do well. Uh, I don't think they're going to do well by their own standards uh, for the next kind of couple quarters. You know, the, even when you're the best, uh, I think they're going to go through a soft patch here. Um, you know, Saya is interesting to me uh, on the LTL side. They're kind of, um, they're, they've got some stuff going on. They're growing their terminal, uh, count a lot. And, um, they're really, they, they have a price gap relative to the, uh, the competition, uh, if you look at how they charge. And so that side is interesting to me. And then of course, TFII is kind of a a different animal. Um, but I've, I've always liked that one. Uh, I think, you know, if we do, if the market continues to get worse, you might look for TFII to make uh, some, uh, you know, accretive acquisitions at the bottom of the market. Uh, it probably won't be Arc Best, but uh, you know, um, company like that, they've got uh, some self-help initiatives going on with that UPS freight acquisition um, from a couple years ago. They're still, mm. um, you know, uh, bringing the OR. The OR got down from about a hundred to uh, down to about ninety, but that's still, you know, way off uh, the best in the industry. The Old Dominions and the Messiahs of the world. So. Um, LTL is probably my most favorable area. And of course we didn't talk about rails, but, uh, happy to do that, uh, as well, but intermodal, uh, also very weak intermodal is tied to consumer spending, as you know, and, um, you know, with spot rates at a dollar 30, that's not good for the intermodal business because the shipper can, uh, you know, use a truck, which is faster and, um, you know, and for, for as cheap as they could ever get it in the spot market. So. Yeah, I mean, if we t- t- take a look at rails and then then ocean as well, you know, just very weak markets in in both of those. I think the you know the, the party's over on 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 that aspect of of you know fifteen thousand twenty thousand dollar containers. Yeah, they've come up a little bit off the bottom, which I think uh, mainly due to blank sailings and the fact that uh, you know there's a coalition of there's a lot of concentrated market share there, and they've come up from something like a thousand dollars per FEU to, uh, on that West Shanghai to Los Angeles route to like 1700. Uh, I don't think that's going to last or, uh, I don't, I, I wouldn't expect them as Craig says, I wouldn't expect to see $20,000, uh, rates again in, in, in his lifetime, I believe was his quote. And so I wouldn't, but there are, there are pockets of, of ocean shipping. This is probably not something, you know, that your audience pays a great deal of attention to without a doubt. Containers are extraordinarily weak and I think they'll get weaker given the outlook for the economy and consumer spending, there are pockets of uh, strength in shipping that we're invested in. Um, things like crude tankers, uh, product tankers, and LNG, which I know um, um, that, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, your your shipping site uh, writes about a good bit. Yeah. So, I, what do you yeah, think about... Uh, oh, good. Oh, what what do you think about um, M&A and... and- M and A activity in the back half of twenty twenty three. You think we're going to see it in, in trucking and and brokerage, some consolidation happening, well, or, or in that smaller 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 plays? Yeah, I think it makes sense. I mean, we we obviously saw uh, Night Swift and U.S. Express, um, and you know, I think 
it's kind of, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be a uh, small cap publicly traded trucking company because you generally don't get rewarded with a premium valuation in an up market and your stock doesn't arguably go up as much as it should and it gets all of the downside and then some uh, and, and bear markets. And so um, I do think that, uh, you know, rates being where they are and trucking in particular being a capital intensive business, is probably not the best time. You, you need to get a good multiple on those deals, right? Because, you know, your cost of capital has gone way up over the, over the past year. But I think in, in for, you know, large enterprise trucking fleets that are looking to pick off assets on the cheap with good balance sheets that are under levered, like, you know, Knight Swift, the Schneiders of the world, I do think that they'll continue to make, uh, more deals. And, um, you know, one thing that I thought was, was interesting, you and I used to, uh, debate whether there were economies of scale and trucking, uh, and uh, I've, I just found it interesting just just from an ob- observatory perspective, seeing that these executives seem to be making the bet that there are. Um, and so I do think we'll see more M&A. The market likes it. Um, the market seems we to like see. it. And yeah, we, 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 we definitely will see uh, that because of, for our time today, we'll come back and talk more M&A and, and economies of scale because it is very interesting. Uh, but thanks for thanks, Seth, for uh, coming on today. Of course. Thanks for having me. And that wraps up for this episode of Put That Coffee Down. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expenses to win these expenses. I got expenses to win these expenses. I've been getting out of work. And I've been shutting down the stars. <laughs>